Welcome everyone to Matteo Guanduzzi's favourite football podcast, the only fans football podcast. On this week's pod, the lads discuss the ongoing situation in the Basque country. The lads chat about the best comebacks in life and discuss the weekend that was in the FA Cup. And we wrap up AFCON by chatting about our top five most impressive players. We hope you enjoy the podcast wherever you're listening. Be sure to follow our Instagram, Spotify, YouTube, Twitter and TikTok. Take it easy. I spend these senses tell me this is going to get fucking tasty, baby. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. There's a slice of cheese for Nico Giantopoulos. I have a dream. Arnie Cut. Badler. Eh. The fella in the green and white short. The guys up in the joy have asked to be put back in their cells. <laughs> <laughs> if you stop waffling, we might get some work done. He has the goo blood. He has the goo blood. Get out! Get out, man! You ain't got... We're Let me add a little bit of spice to that. Is he a fucking spice? My grandmother had wheels, she would have been a bike. I think I'm a special one. I'm the normal one. I never knew Stoke were that good. Welcome everybody to the OnlyFans football podcast for the fans by the fans. We are live and direct from the Potato Wad Studio. Potato Wad Studio on the second week of February Crown. I hope you're not feeling any February blues. I know the January blues are a thing, but February blues can often be a thing. They're worse. They're worse. They're worse for me mm. because oh. I think that February is a shite month. <laughs> Fuck Valentine's Day. <laughs> Who needs it? It's all propaganda isn't it like uh, what, what's the word a co- um, Nigel Farage yeah well I mean no not Nigel Farage <laughs> there's nothing to do with Nigel Farage what's the word look for it's, uh, it's about buddy capitalist it's all capitalist propaganda we're just a spoke in the wheel cram I'm afraid on Valentine's Day <laughs> we're, we're going to be on our own cram let's be honest <laughs> hopefully there's a good match on next Monday <laughs> to move away from all this doom and gloom <laughs> cram how was your week well, as you, my week was actually quite good, but yeah, I was I was busy with college work, doing bits and bobs for that. Went over about three times this week. I think I was in Weatherspoons one of the days. Absolute kip. Jesus, never go again. Absolute kip, Adzi. I don't want to do this podcast with you, which anymore now that you've said that. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. Saturday was probably the highlight of my week. I went to Flannery's. That, that was something else. Good spot. Good Country. Good spot, baby. Big fan. Big big fan. Yeah, and. And I think I sent you a video at one you point. Did. We, we'll put it as a post. It's a great video, to be fair. He was definitely after having been at the Aviva, wasn't he? Watching the rugby. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I was just, I think I was taking an overhead shot of Flannery trying to send it to Adzi to see what the atmosphere was like. And this fellow just steps in and he goes, Yo! Leinster! Leinster! Um, I can't even slag Leinster too much. I might be going to a rugby match this oh, year. Oh, Yeah, yeah, don't, don't hate me too much. But, um, yeah, Flannery's a good spot. Why? How was your week? Yeah, I was grand, but uh, look, at the weeks are long, tedious, and boring. So I'm just going to cut to the weekend when it gets to the, to the good bit. Um, Friday night, Cran. Friday night. I made my return to the grave diggers of Philsborough. Oh! <gasps> Best point in Guinness in Dublin by a long stretch, I think. Um, and you know, I was kind of a bit nervous going in. I was like, "What if it doesn't live up to previous standards of of greatness?" You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And I think part of what's good about it is when, well, especially like the little tradition we have in our friend group is we go on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I think that might make the point that bit nicer because you know, you know, tomorrow's Christmas and stuff. But now, alas, it was like. Just, how do I describe it? Euphoria in a glass. I'm not that TV show that people are going mad about. It's just actual euphor- euphoria. Every I can't speak. Day. Euphoria! Do you remember she won the Eurovision? But then we were out, we were out on on a Saturday evening, Cran. Yeah. Um, for Ian's birthday. Shout out Ian. He's a little supporter. Loyal listener. Yeah, shout out whether, to Ian. Whether he enjoys it or not, it's <laughs> another thing. We well, does listen. But we're out for his birthday on Saturday. So we started in the confession box, Cran. The confession box of Dublin. Marlborough Street again. Top tier point of Guinness. Haven't been. 
yeah, I highly recommend it. Very good. Went went to the usual, done the usual route with me, was then into town, and we we went to about twelve pubs man in Temple Bar. It was you know, a good crack, like a little pub crawl. But the highlight of the night, Cran, being um, outside the Temple or the Dame Tavern, Cran. Sorry, outside the Dame Tavern, and um, we met met a strange looking fellow who had luscious curly locks of hair. Essentially, I looked at Ian and I said, Ian, what's your man who plays for Arsenal? Curly haired fella. Ian goes, oh yeah, I know you're talking about um, Gwen Doozy. And we just started chanting. For a good five minutes, Matteo Gwen Doozy. Oh, Matteo Gwen Doozy. And he was joining in. He was having a great time. I'll put the picture in the post. That was my weekend in anime. Time. And sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> it was alright no, I've had I've had better weekends I've had much better weekends no it was a great weekend all, all weekends are good when you're spent with friends and points of Guinness every weekend and Matt and Matteo Guendouzi as well I could be wrong but this weekend in the football world crown we had the FA Cup uh, I don't I don't like the FA Cup crown I thought there was honest. something wrong with you there for no, <laughs> well there is but it's fine um, I'm not, we're not the biggest lover of the FA Cup but we will chat about of course but one of the things that happened in the FA Cup this weekend Cran, which we will get on to I suppose was the return of Harvey Elliott from his nasty injury against Leeds in uh, I think it was in August wasn't it Yeah, long time ago now but he came back got a goal against Cardiff in a lovely heartwarming moment but in this week's icebreaker Cran, we want to know what everyone's favourite comeback story in life is so Cran. Do you want to start or will I go go to the listeners first? I'll start, yeah. Go on. So, there's actually a few of these I want to talk about. But one of them, my favourite, is t- Tiger Woods' comeback in the golf. That's my favourite. That's probably a sporting comeback. Tiger Woods is like, would be what Jesus is to Catholics to you, wouldn't he? Yeah. yeah. I love Tiger Woods. He's my favourite athlete of all time. I love him. Because I'm mad into golf as well. Yeah. We have Ian who said... Best comeback ever was Jesus Christ. Which, I mean, he's not wrong. I mean, when you think about it as deeply and um, <laughs> philosophically, then he's right. You know what I mean? Like, we have another one from, uh, from good mate of mine, Dill Page, who said, uh, Sheridan Shakiri's hairline. Which, of course, returned when he, he came into form for Liverpool. <laughs> and it's kind of topical because he got a move to Chicago in the MLS, did Sheridan Shakiri. I don't think it's quite worked out with Leon. But he's on the move, and anyways. Um, Him and Rob Holden, eh? Yeah, true. Rob Holden's another one. Those hair transplants and turkeys, man. I tell you, work on them. We'll, we'll all probably have to get them eventually. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's it. There. Have you, have you got another one, Gran, or are you gonna leave at that? Have I got another one? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think I said my part. As you, Divock Origi's come back against Barcelona because any chance I can bring up the man, I will. He's a godlike figure. But um, yeah, that would be probably my main sport um, comeback. Oh shit, I had another one in my head as well, actually. Divock and Tiger Woods. I do, honestly, I think the, the day Tiger Woods won the Masters, mm. one of the best days of my life yeah. in 2019. Because yeah. I'd not seen Tiger win a major in my in my lifetime, yeah. or since I was watching golf, yeah. since I was into golf. Trying tears. No, it's, it's, it's the funny thing about sport. Jeez, we're getting quite deep. <laughs> the funny thing about sport is how it can emote you, like it can make you feel emotions and stuff. Um, and you shouldn't be really. No, and I mean not necessarily. Like I mean, for me, that is. And I don't know if I've even said it on the show, but in general, the reason why I love Origi is because way back in 2018, when we were at the Merseyside Derby and he scored that goal against Pickford, I know it's a meme, blah, 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 blah. But I remember for, for the rest of that season, and don't get me wrong, that's probably Liverpool's best ever season that I've seen. And we, we won the Champions League, of course, at the end of it. But um, I remember from, from then on till the end of the season, I just backed Origi. Whenever he came on, and don't get me wrong, he's not a great footballer, we know this, but that's kind of like part of why you love him. And I remember backing him and being like, oh no, shut your mouth, you Origi's late and all this. And, and then it came to fruition in the final. Like, and like you were saying about being a, like crying when Tiger Woods scored. The day Liverpool won Champions League for the sixth time yeah. against um, Spurs in, in Madrid, um, it was myself and Dave were in the sitting room, and my man and my dad were in, um, at a wedding in Mead or something and the whole the whole week I was saying to her that a really scoring on Saturday I can just feel it and it was a joke part of it was a joke but part of it, the other part of it was I really wanted to happen and I remember Origi obviously scored the goal touchdown by Matip 
Origi scores sweet left foot by the way what a finish I remember falling to the ground jumping up and celebrating me and Dave out in the sitting room nearly fell through the ground like fell to the ground I was sobbing rang me dad I was like I fucking told you I told you and we were having a great time because like Divock Origi you know what I mean but Divock Origi is quite a comeback story and that's, that's that, I think that's the great thing about sport that's the great thing about football in particular is the emotions you can feel when you're watching it's the book Christ. it's like a soap opera in here Christ, well, I think we'll just leave it there <laughs> right Cran moving on now to the FA we've had a cry we're okay <laughs> moving on now to the FA Cup Cran and we said we said to each Too other softies we, we said to each other before the show kicked off we're like I don't really want to talk about the FA Cup <laughs> but we will we'll, we'll, we have to touch on it real quick another um, thing that's going to make us cry oh stop um, real quick Cran Friday evening 4th February Man United won Middlesbrough won Man United of course lost on penalties 7 yeah. what were you watching it I watched the whole game oh my god I, well I watched I watched it in part so I flicked it back on because I thought United ah, they're going to win this you know yeah. Middlesbrough and can't yeah and like the first half United controlled the game mm. they should have had at least 2 or 3 goals like Ronaldo had a penalty he should have scored that to make it 2-0 yeah um, and he didn't and I think Bruno Fernandes as well missed an absolute sitter, sitter yeah. really bad miss like I didn't he had an open goal and he hit the post yeah. you know what I mean and people compare this fella to De Bruyne and stuff like that De Bruyne wouldn't miss that True. Um, <laughs> the lads are the lads are talking to me the other night this podcast is anti-United and they were getting annoyed <laughs> so I'm going to say United played well in the first it's not, half. It's not anti-United. It's like I mean, a lot of it, a lot of what we talk about in general is like we're kind of saying how we see it. And yeah. if you're a United fan and you're looking at at that a Friday night losing to Middlesbrough at home on penalties, and you're you're come, you're saying, oh, you're just anti-United. Like, come here, lads. These are fucking cat. Yeah, like you know what I mean. That's the thing. Like second half, Middlesbrough got back into the game somehow, and I I yeah. couldn't believe it. Like, because I, I flicked it back on after that. There was always going to be a moment of pressure for them, for United, and they they just couldn't stand it. And to be fair, it looked like a handball. I don't think it should. Have oh, stood. it was. Oh my god, <laughs> they were absolutely wrong. It was wrong. never a goal. Oh my, like I mean, as far as Robbery goes, like yeah, man, he was a Watmore to score. I think no, Watmore assist. Crooks, Crooks, Crooks by name, Crook by nature. He may as well have had a balaclava on. He's after Robin United, but yeah. And that Anthony Taylor fellow was at the helm again. What a guy, huh? What a guy. <laughs> he just is the worst referee. I think, himself, ever. himself, and um, what's the other bald fella's name? Atwell. No, not. Yeah, you're a cheat, Atwell. <laughs> um, what's your man's name? The bald fella. Um, he's a scouser. Mike Dean. Mike Dean. He's the worst referee by far. I think they're all really bad. Oh, they're all shy. Like, I don't understand how the referees are so bad. There must be nepotism. Do you know what it is? And genuinely, and I'll tell you what it is. There's, there's one federation of referees in England. I think it's PGMO or something. And there's no opposition to them. So they can literally do what they like. They can be as bad as they want because there's no kind of like, oh, PG, PGMO or shy. Let's bring in this referees association because there's no other one. Oh, God. So that's essentially it's it. It's just but, corruption again. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we could talk about that for a while. But um, the penalties came about, Cram. And I talked about being in the the Gravediggers in Glasnevin. And as we know, as people who have gone to, to the Gravediggers know, there's no tellies in the Gravediggers. It's a really old-fashioned Dublin pub. Yeah. It's a lovely little pub. Um, and I, I only found out, I, I thought United had won the game. And I only found out that I was gone to penalties through yourself. Text me, are you watching the match? I was like, no, I'm not actually. And I was trying to get the penalties on Twitter. Mm. Live. And we were sitting at, we were actually sitting at fire, fire, um, what's, what do you call that? Like the fire, the fireplace, yeah. excuse me, in the grave because we were literally sitting on that, had our points hanging on that. And um, I, looked, I looked across, I know, it was okay, enough space. Looked across and there was a group of three lads looking at the phone. Yeah. And they all went, Sue, when Ronaldo scored his penalty, who by the way missed one. Yeah, Normal did, yeah, time, poor penalty. Bad. Um, so I said to David, goes, well, there's the match over there I'll sit with the lads and so I sat with the lads and I went over at 4-all so next penalty was Sal Bama scored we talked about Sal there a minute ago great story yeah. Bruno scored Watmore scored McTominay scored Dale Froy scored for Middlesbrough Diogo Dalat scored and then Lee Peltier former Liverpool academy player by the way scouser scored and then steps up young Anthony Alanga poor fella poor fella 
Um, it's a lot of pressure for a young player. No, the thing is, like the game should have never went to penalties. As I was saying, United dominated the game. Yeah. They should be three or four nil win that game. Mm. But they were just too wasteful. I think they had yeah. four, over thirty shots in the game or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So that's and it's simple. typical Chris Wilder football as well. By the way, <laughs> just anti football. Um, taking it to penalties, but look at come here. Good result for Middlesbrough. Um, I think this season we said we said it in October. <laughs> this season just a write off for Man United, and it's well the Champions League. They have Atletico, who are not in good form either. So oh, I wouldn't fancy them. To, I, I wouldn't fancy them to go too far in that, though. I know strange things have happened, and look at used on it last year with Tuchel, so it could happen again. I think Tuchel's a far superior manager than than Thor. But um, Thor Ragnarok. But um, yeah, I think I think we we'll leave it there. And shout out to the lads and the grave diggers. I think they're all listening to the podcast. I I did give it, I did plug it because okay. that's what I do when I have a few jars. Me, oh, do you like football? Do you like podcast? You're gonna hate this one. Um, and anyways, moving on, Cran. <laughs> the early kickoff on Saturday. Never back it. Never back it. Gandhi said that, by the way. Mm. Um, Chelsea 2, Plymouth 1, Kidderminster 1, and West Ham 2. Actually, some cracking games. Some little games were. Very good games. I think, um, yeah, the Chelsea one we just played awful. Um, like, full strength 11 out there. I would say maybe as it was a result of a. Uh, two week hangover from that break we had but mm. I do think Plymouth actually played very well mm. and I'd like to give them credit because they were passing it from the back and everything they d- had no fear in the game and they got a goal it was a great header 1-0 to them and it took us ages to break them down I think Aspilicueta scored like a a back heel mm. and that was a pretty good goal it was first goal in the year so fair play and Alonso of course he scored his right foot <laughs> And I have to say, I didn't celebrate. I was fuming. Just not, no, scored. no, not because he scored. We played terrible, mm. but because it was him as well. And was it because you felt like he probably didn't deserve it, or we didn't like? It's not that we didn't deserve it, but we didn't play well. And I'm a bit disappointed because we have Club World Cup next yeah. this week. Yeah. Um. So we need to be on the sharpest of our game, and I thought it was fatigue. Yeah. That was the issue with us, but yeah. I think. Genuinely, we run out of ideas, and mm. I'm just, yeah, I'm just a bit worried. Times as well. I'm a bit worried about the club world cup because we bottled it in 2013. Yeah, I, we'll touch on it real quick. Who, who's in it? Palmeiras or something? So Palmeiras would be the biggest threat. They're a Brazilian club, mm. and I think we have El Halal on Wednesday, and they have the likes of Gallo. Oh. They have the likes of um, Carrillo. I don't know if you know him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Peruvian winger. I think I seen Matias Pereira. In yeah, there. I think he is there actually. Yeah, from so, West Brom, and he he tore you as a Sunder for West Brom a few times as well. So it's it's just a bit yeah, worrying. Yeah, it's a bit absolutely. worrying, and mm. I'm worried about. It and that performance doesn't feel me any confidence against Plymouth. Well, I'm here to tell you, Cran, because I'm gonna walk away with the World Cup. I'm, I'll tell. I'll put my head on the line. He's there, he's gonna walk <laughs> Fuck away you, Adzi. No, he's will. I mean, if he's don't, I'll be very surprised if he's don't. I think he's had far too much quality to not win it. But that's just what my opinion That's what I thought in 2013. Could have been Saharia's one. West Ham 2, Cran. I was fuming at this. I was actually angry at this. Mm. I was out on Saturday morning with Dave and Colby. We went to get a bit of breakfast. I'm taking some pre-season football for shells. I cannot wait for next week. The League of Ireland's back. Um, preview coming up. Preview coming up, of course. Um, Declan Rice in the last... Fucking kick of the game. Brilliant bit of quality. Great, him. great. Come here. Don't get me wrong. Great bit of play. Lovely lovely touch. Lovely finish. I was so upset for Kidderminster though. I was so... And it, I, it, just, was a, it just felt like a proper shock was on, you know? Yeah, it was disappointing. It was. And then Bowen with the last kick in extra time. Oh, it was just a double whammy against shit Kidderminster. Goal as well. you know I mean? Shit goal. A little tap in for him. But um, yeah, I would have loved to have seen Kidderminster go through. Um, but yeah, that that was the early kickoffs that day. Crystal Palace two, Hartlepool nil. I do, I I haven't seen any of the other games. To be honest with you, so Jeff Stelling. I say that's all him. I have to say. Mm. Um, the Hartlepool crest is nice actually. Everton four, Brentford one. Mm. Watched a bit of this myself. Of course, it is because Lance was the manager. Mm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I have to say Everton actually looked a lot better. Um, mm. I think they played well. They're running off the ball. They didn't seem bogged down and as shit as they usually are. So, <laughs> um, yeah, good result for Frank in his first game. I'm interested to see how he's going to do in the league. That's what I'm interested about. Yeah, I've no idea how Mason Hallgate's still getting the game, mind. But um, 
Yeah, look a good win for everything I suppose. Yeah, it's a good start to life for Lamps. As I said to last week, don't necessarily think it's what they need, but okay, football it, it proves you wrong most of the time. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm willing to be proved wrong. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah See what calls everything. Um, can I just say well, that? Yeah, you have a job. No, sorry, <laughs> fuck sorry. off. <laughs> can I just say about Ivan Tony real quick? Oh man, did you see the video? He said, "Fuck, fuck you, Brentford," or oh, something like that. What an idiot! Yeah. And by the way. He won a penalty in this game and he scored it. So mm. where would Brentford be without Ivan Tony? That's not. Well, I mean, they'd be out of the FA Cup on about 14th in the league. <laughs> Still. <laughs> um, yeah, we move on. Huddersfield won, Barnsley nil. Cran, I couldn't give a shit about this game. Skip. Um, Man City 4, Fulham 1. I'm not surprised in the slightest. Fabio Carvalho got the goal for Fulham to make it 1-0. Assisted by Harry Wilson. A former Liverpool player to a soon-to-be Liverpool player with a bit of luck. He's actually a good. He's a very good player. I'm surprised mm. he's limited to uh, Championship level because mm. he is. He has a lot Wilson. of talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just a bit of a mad one. I think I do think he's a good player, but um, sure we'll see him next season. Fulham will be up 100. I'd, I'd imagine. Yeah, they're first and they'll now. be back down the season after. But uh, yeah, good win for City. Hardly surprising, I suppose. Mares with two back no. from Afcon. After Algeria's exit, poor, poor, he was showing the Afcon. By the way, when City win now, I just go, huh? mm. you know, because like they're better than everyone else. Mm. It is what it is. It is. It's a monopoly. Peterborough two, QPR one. I don't really care too much for this now, to be honest. Um, good result for Peterborough, mind. You know, QPR are a decent championship side. Yeah. You know, it'd be, it'd be like an Irish beating sports. You know that kind of way. Um, but yeah, good result. Southampton two, Coventry one. Stuart Armstrong with an unbelievable goal. Do you remember Pavard's goal against Argentina for France? It was like that. Mm. Very good, very nice goal, very sexy. What, like the side of the foot sort of thing? Mm, and yeah. kind of curls up. Oh. Oh. oh, yeah. Kyle Walker Peters with the winner in extra time. And Better than Kyle Walker? Uh, probably not. I, I wouldn't agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, good, good results that happened there. Stoke 2, Wigan 0 in the James McLean derby. Cran. Josh Maggio is at Stoke. Remember Josh Maggio, of course, Sunderland till I die fame. Um, find himself playing for Stoke now. Oh God! Um, you think you know? Yeah, not much to say here. Jamie McGrath made his debut for Wigan. Got a big move from Saint Mirren mm. and transfer. No, we didn't actually speak of it, but it's a good move for him to Wigan. Wigan, of course, will probably be playing Championship football next season. They find themselves second in League One yeah. on fifty-six points. Um, Wolves nil, Norwich one, Cran. Um, another McLean Kenny this time got the goal assisted by Billy Gilmore not surprised in the slightest play Billy and he will do well he's a great player yeah um, Adam Eda played a bit part in the game didn't get too many minutes and yeah, well actually Norwich are having a bit of a resurgence are they like they, they've had a good few, few results the last few games be interesting to see if they keep this form up. There's 17 that have been a crown with 22 games played on 16 points. Watford 18th with 21 games played on 15. Newcastle 19th with 21 games on 15 as well. And then Burnley, of course, they're like the joker of the pack because they have about four games. They actually have 19 games played, so they have three games on Norwich with 13 points. So if they were to get four points in those games, they, they go ahead of them, of course. And so they yeah, have Wagers as well. Yeah. Unof- unofficial partner of the podcast yeah. myself and Seb Haller we haven't mentioned in a while actually um, Vow to Veghorst episode coming soon for him um, Cambridge nil, Luton 3 Wes, Wes Hulhan yeah? yeah and he was running I was, wa- I was watching a bit of this funny enough and he was running the game I feel bad for you no why would you he was um, Cameron Jerome is still playing football <laughs> got the assist for Luton's goal um, yeah Wes Hulhan is very good again in the game as, as he usually is Another good win, and we'll talk about the draw now in a minute. But obviously, of course, they're home to Chelsea. Spurs three, Brighton one. Harry Kane on the double. Um, he seems to like the FA Cup. Yeah, and their rivals now more bright. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, not much else to say on that really. Basuma got the goal for Brighton. Um, you'd expect him to move in the summer, I suppose. The Sunday game. <laughs> uh, Liverpool 3 Cardiff 1 Cran where are you watching I wasn't I was in work thank god oh yeah I was, I was actually FaceTime wasn't I for, for a period of the game I just think uh, these FA Cup games they they don't hold any I don't know what substance it's not substance but there's no 
wow factor about them. Like I think the next round there is. I think the next round of fixtures are unbelievable. Well, that's it. Like as soon as it gets to fifth or the quarterfinals mm. or something like that, it's fine. But it's like right now, it's I'm expecting a team to win, and usually they do. Mm. The only maybe exception is United mm. to, against Middlesbrough. But to be fair, Kidderminster unlucky against West Ham and yeah. Plymouth. Plymouth as well. We didn't. You didn't say when we were talking about the game, but Kepa saved the penalty late on. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So I love it when there's a shock. You could have been two shocks there, and I do think that's what the FA Cup hinges on, really. Mm-hmm. To be honest. Um, but yeah, Liverpool 3, Cardiff 1. Not too many problems for Liverpool. Really, Cardiff were okay. Look, at Liverpool were just, you know, like we said about the FA Cup, there's games that you just expect certain teams to win. Yeah. Cardiff have a big game against Peterborough midweek. Um, which, and I don't think Cardiff are having a great season, so they'll need to, of course, win that. Um, and I think they, they had their eyes focused on that. Mm. Um, Jota got the goal in the 53rd minute. It was crossed in by Trent Alexander again. Of course, of course it was. Kimi Minamino got the second after. Good play by Luis Diaz. Very good play. Puts pressure on the defender. Made a debut, did he? Yeah. Very, he's, he actually was, he was electric. That's the way I describe him. He's good. Yeah, it's Cardiff, yeah. Yeah, but he, he crams. There's ways, there's ways he played. The way he played was he gets the ball and he just runs at players. It was like what Mane was a couple of years ago. He's not doing it anymore. Um, you're making faces here, but, but you got taken to extra time with Plymouth and he's nearly lost. You know what I mean? <laughs> Um, <laughs> he was very good made the assist he's, he's, he's bought into Klopp's pressing and then he's because it was depressing that you know he won the ball back it was depressing it was depressing look at Plymouth <laughs> Harvey Elliott came back of course got the goal ball in from Robertson great touch lovely volley into the back of the net and there was a nice video online of his um, of his dad crying actually what? yeah because he obviously came back from injury and his dad's in the stand crying after he scored. And it's a lovely video, nice poignant video. I'm surprised he's back so early. Yeah. Considering the injury he had. Great drive, I think. I'd imagine he, he kind of probably put the pressure on himself to get back. Mm. And look, he's back. And I think it's just the options Liverpool have now, obviously, with Mane coming back and Salah coming back, you know. It's going to be, could be a very interesting end to the season. Hopefully, something comes with Um But yeah, and then Cardiff got the goal through Ruben Caldwell, who was actually alright in the day. Quick shout out to Eloy King who made his debut for Cardiff in the FA Cup at Anfield, nineteen years old. His friends were in, so this is why I'm shouting him out. Um he was wow. very he was very good on the day. Very, very good on the day. Um very impressive for a young player. To come to Anfield and play the way he did, he was very impressive. But um yeah, look at Liverpool win. Nottingham Forest four, Leicester one. Wow. Yeah. Another another scalp for Nottingham Forest. I think I've only seen one goal in this game. It was the. I haven't seen any of the goals, man, to be honest. The Ian Nacho one, man. I swear to God. <laughs> the forest keeper, Keno, he told you he was an Enfield player. He just ran out. It was, it was like he's in Chariots of Fire. And he ran out. Dun, 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 dun. He missed the ball. Ian Nacho buries it. Makes it 2 1 or something. But Lester was shy. Training up, man. Yeah. Forest Wire, which is, you know, in 33 minutes they were training up. Rogers out. Yeah, potentially. Um. Pats and Daka came on at half time and didn't do anything and Jed Spence who by the way against Arsenal was immense do you like that bit of poetry um, he had another, oh, yeah. another great performance <laughs> <laughs> got a goal and an assist in the game but yeah look a good result for for Nottingham Forest there Bournemouth nil Bournemouth won yeah good result for Bournemouth um, I was looking at it on the telly and the owner of the club who kept them running through Covid hadn't like they had no money coming in obviously he was really, he was really upset. Obviously, in a good way. Yeah. So again, another another good story from the FA Cup this weekend. I think that's the biggest story. But so, yeah, the draw being to be played on the second of March, Palace against Stoke, Premier League years, circuit 2015. <laughs> Not arsed. Everton against Bournemouth. <laughs> My spidey senses tell me this is gonna be tasty, baby. This is gonna be, oh, cran, the scenes. I have a feeling it could be a bit anticlimactic. Because oh, Everton would probably run away three 0 winners because it's in Goodison. If yeah. it was in Bournemouth, I'd be a bit more worried. Mm. Um, Liverpool versus Norwich. Yeah. Don't, don't put too much pressure on, but you, you would imagine Liverpool will run away winners there. Luton against Chelsea. I don't want to go back to Luton train station, Adzi. <laughs> I've been there before. I'm not going back. Um, Middlesbrough against Spurs. Oh, Chris Wilder. Could shit house Antonio Conte. Oh, this is gonna be an awful game to watch. Mm, it will. It'll be like watching. What would it be like watching? 
Yeah, it's just it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> not having a metaphor for <laughs> for how bad a game is gonna be. <laughs> That's how bad it is. There's no metaphors to describe how bad it is. Oh god, not a forest against Huddersfield. You don't care. Not Forest. I think Not Forest are having a great cup run so far. Mm. They knocked out Arsenal, and then they went ahead, knocked out Leicester. Mm. I think this will be easy for them. They'll go through to the quarterfinals, I think. Yeah. Peterborough home to Man City. Potential cup shock there. City win. Uh, I just say potential to build it up. But I, I, am, I have to say, I really am looking forward to the Peterborough game, the Luton game, and the Everton game. Because they they're good cup ties. Yeah. Even even Palace against Stoke. You know, Stoke are, aren't in the Premier League anymore, so a win there would be good for them. Joe Allen at centre-half will be interesting to see. Southampton against West Ham. I don't really care about that to be honest either. I'd say West Ham might go through. Yeah. They, they, they feel like a cup team to be honest yeah. that's our FA Cup round up there'll probably be about half of that cut out I'd say oh god please we god yes we should cut out half out <laughs> our Hall of Fame Cran do you want me to nominate something for us yeah, yeah? <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, Marseille midfielder and former Arsenal midfielder Matteo Granduzzi purely because I seen him in Temple Bar on Saturday evening and he had a great time luscious locks bit of a mediocre footballer but he was a nice bloke. So my nomination for this week's Hall of Fame is Matteo Granduzzi. By the way, just a quick update in the Hall of Fame. The Wagner Love versus Red Dead Redemption 2 finished in a draw. What? Yeah, so I've no idea how we're going to sort this out. Probably put both of them in. But, um, yeah. You want a fight to the death? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crad, your nomination. My my nomination, Adzi, comes from Flannery's of a night out. You met Gwendoosey. I met the Yuppie. Yup. 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 Yeah, I'd say he was at the Aviva. That's the only explanation. I don't know who he was. Mm. I can't remember who he was. Mm. He, I found him the, the morning of a Sunday, <laughs> hung over, on my phone, at all hours in the morning. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Yup. <laughs> and I thought I was dreaming. Uh, what? Why would you be dreaming of, of a fella from South Dublin saying yup? <laughs> I thought that was a hallucination. I swear to God. Oh God. Anyway, shout out to him. Oh, I don't know who he is. He's my nomination for Hall of Fame. <laughs> we'll move on now to Euro Trash. Euro Treasure Cran. Olivier Giroud is my Euro Treasure this week. What a man. Yeah. Now I have to say, I came home from work of a Saturday, stuck this game on. Fell asleep to it, and I, I feel ashamed that I did because it was. It seemed like a very good game. It's very competitive. The Milan derby on Tom. The Milan derbies are always little, by the way. Milan derbies are great. I think Inter went one 0 up through Perisic. Yep. Nice finish. Mm-hmm. Then I had to leave the house, so I missed the second half. But subsequently, you told me Giroud. He's after scoring twice. Yeah. That's mad. He scored two times. Milan came back from one 0 down. Mm. There you go. He changed the game and his second goal, by the way, unbelievable. Harking back to his older days at Arsenal. Ball into him. Swivels with the left foot. Well, bam. Left foot curled finish into the back, 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 of, the middle, back of the net. Bottom corner. Yeah. Unbelievable goal. The thing about Drew Handsome is... Handsome bastard as well. He is. Yeah. But the thing about him is, I love his attitude. Yeah. He just gets on with it. He's so professional. Yeah. And when we signed him for four million from Arsenal, I thought, you know... He's going to be shy. He's not going to do anything. And that's complete ignorance for myself. Yeah. Because the fact he came to Chelsea, won the Champions League, was instrumental, by the way. He scored four goals in Seville. And that overhead kick against Atletico as well. Mm. Like, this fella is one of the most underrated strikers yeah, there has ever no, been. I completely agree. And I'm actually good to be let him go because someone like Lukaku, who signed for multi-millions, he is flashy. He's Lukaku, you know, one of the best strikers in the world. According to the marketing campaigns, yeah, yeah. I don't think he even lives up to Giroud. No, probably not. Like he scores goals, but he doesn't do as much as that. is not as good. My Euro- Nothing to do with the interview, by the way. <laughs> My Euro treasure crown this week is based around transfers because last week, of course, was the deadline day special, which went down a tree. I really love. I like that episode. Yeah. One of my favourites, I think. So, the transfer I'm speaking of here is, um, which went under the, the radar first last week, and a few Irish players have made the move over. Do you know Rob Heffernan, the runner for Ireland? Do you know Rob Heffernan? Yeah? I think so, yeah. Yeah, his son moved to AC Milan. 
Yeah, yeah. So the same. I think Brexit is kind of forcing Irish players to move around Europe, which is better. It's good, yeah. Like Sack Elbazelli over in um, up in Sweden, I think. Um, like that's a great move for him as well. Um, you know, Josh Cullen in Belgium. But anyways, th- this young lad played for Pats. I think he played in the FAO Cup final as well. James Abanqua um, moved to Udinese in the Serie A, and I just think he's a cracking signing. This fella has a has a big future ahead of him. And I, I, I firmly believe that he he could be he could be a force for him. You know what I mean? And not just him, all these players moving abroad and I I am a firm believer of it, you know, move abroad like in general, but that, he could move to England grand. But a lot of a lot of League of Ireland players they kinda of sell themselves short and go to England and they don't kinda of reach their potential. Whereas the likes of himself I can't think of your man's name, but he was Rob Heffernan's son, yeah. I think his name's Colm Heffernan or something. He got a move to AC Milan. Like these are these are top players, you know what I mean? And I think I think it's great it's great to see because you have a certain amount of talent in the League of Ireland and they just go it's actually Cahill Heffernan by the way. Yeah. Not Colm. Cahill Heffernan got the move to um AC Milan. And yeah, and another player, sorry real quick, is Festi Ebosele of Derby, who's starting for them weekly. He's getting moved to Udinese as well. So like I'm I'm all for this now, I have to tell you, I really am. But the thing about it is you made a good point there about players moving abroad rather to England. Mm. Um I think England it's very diluted when they go over. Like they start off great with great potential mm. in Ireland. They get to move over, there's a lot of hype around them. You see the likes of Troy Parrott, you see the likes of Connolly. Mm. Players like that. That just gets they get lost, they get in, lost over in, there, yeah. in the dilution of it mm. all. Like I think the thing about England now is they're trying to bring up their own players, yeah. their own stock, and they're not focusing on they're not focusing on on merit and stuff like that. They want to bring through their own players. Mm. There's a cap on the amount of English players and teams and stuff like that. Yeah. If you go over abroad to the likes of Dortmund, the likes of Milan, mm. the likes of as you said Sweden with Zach Elbazewi. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're gonna get a better chance there. Absolutely. And it's it's just interesting to note like start twenty twenty two, it was Kevin Zeffi was the only lad Irish lad in Italy playing for Inter Milan four weeks later there's himself there's Carl Heffernan gone to AC Milan there's a banquet and Festi Abacelli gone to Udinese like this is great this is great for Irish football and long may it last and I hope these moves kind of continue they're, they're seeing the light yeah. the young players I think. Mm. your Euro trash can my Euro trash Eddie, comes from the worst we- league in the world the worst league in the world I'm not going to say the name but the Copa del Rey Oh, Arch are, are enemies. They're shy. Harken back a few episodes. I like that. <laughs> the best thing about this is the Giants, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico all knocked out mm-hmm. of the Copa del Rey. Real Madrid, the last to leave on Thursday, they got knocked out by Bilbao. Yeah. A great Basque team. Mm-hmm. I do love Bilbao. And I love Betis as well. Mm-hmm. Betis are from Seville. I was in Seville as well. So oh. these two teams I really like. And they're still in the competition mm-hmm. uh, with Vallecano and Valencia. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to a, a Atletico Madrid supporter in my course. He sports Madrid. He's from there. He's half Irish, half Madrid. Mm. And I go to him, what's after happening with the Copa del Rey? All the yeah, big yeah. teams get knocked out. I think it has something similar happened last season as well. I said, he said he doesn't know. Mm. And uh, he's up for bet. He's some fucking supporter, that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know about Spanish football. <laughs> I've never heard of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, look. I don't think I'm doing him justice, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's a bit of a shock, and yeah, uh, I do think um, I'd love to see Betis or Bilbao win it. Yeah, I really want Bilbao to do well as well because they, of course, they have Anaki Williams and then they have Nico Williams as well. Two brothers playing for them, and yeah, I, I just I like the way Bilbao operate. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm. This, do you know the system they have? Yeah, I was, like, I was reading about it recently. But go on. All native Bass players. Yeah. That's madness. I think it's great. Like I think it's madness. really good. But um. Yeah. Imagine all with the all the globalization and multiculturalism of football yeah. now, like talk about bringing up your own, mm. having all Basque yeah. players in a team. It's a really unique thing, and I do actually really do do like it. I think it's like up the I, Irish I, I, sort I, of thing. I, yeah, but I would like more teams to operate like that. Yeah, I think one of the things about football in general, and we're not gonna get into it too much, but money has diluted football so much, and things like this bring it back to kind of its roots in a way where it's like, well, this is a team full of people in the local area. Mm. I think that's great. Talk to Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and Mary, what do you think about the dilution what of players? What do you think about the Basque country in Spain, Mary? 
<laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. It's great, Joe. Uh, boy, you were a trash can. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Go ahead. <laughs> it, is, it is terrible, terrible, terrible. Comes from uh, the Premier Division, Spain again. We're not, we're not going to say the name. Comes from Barcelona's attack crown. They won, they won, of course, the weekend um, against Atletico two four two. Yeah. Danny Alves with the Brazilian hat trick. Do you know? Do you know what that is? A goal and assist and a sending off. <laughs> um, yeah, and just the decline of Barcelona. And we're saying this, and they've won the fucking game. The most poignant thing for for from the game for me was Traore coming off the pitch for Aubameyang. And I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here thinking, what in the name of Jesus has happened to this club? Another thing that put me over the edge that really made me angry was. Um, like how would you put it like a picture that was made online and it was like to show the attacks that Barcelona now have right so one of them was from PSV Memphis Depay and Luke De Jong okay Luke De Jong former Newcastle player mediocre um, Depay ah I don't know I think he I don't think he'll ever reach his potential he's in the logo <laughs> <laughs> true Dortmund Dortmund's old attack of Dembele and Aubameyang mm. which Dembele is just Terrible injuries, like you know what I mean. He just can't get any luck at all. Aubameyang, I just think he's a bit of a dope, to be honest. And then lastly, and this is what put me over the edge, was Middlesbrough form, Middlesbrough's former attack of Martin Braithwaite and Adama Traore. So all they're missing now is Brita Sambalonga to bring back the glory days of Middlesbrough. <laughs> you know what I mean? The club's just gone. The club's gone. <laughs> and lastly, Cran, to end the month of. January start the month of February and the end AFCON Cran we're going to take it back to the old days to the first episode yeah funny enough so if anyone's listened since the first episode why <laughs> thanks proper OG <laughs> but our first get it out segment was our top 5 players that we were most impressed with at the Euros Cran wow um, so we're going to do our top 5 AFCON players that we were most impressed with at the African Cup of Nations by the way I thought it was an awful tournament. I don't know about yourself. I uh, think there was a lot of nil alls and a lot of boring games. I do, do you know what it is, right? I didn't go in expecting an awful lot because there's a lot of teams with a lot of amateur players. Yeah. Um, the likes of Nigeria and Algeria, I was really disappointed with, especially Algeria with, with Mares, and then Nigeria obviously and Nacho, and we talked about Tayo Awani. Yeah. Ivory Coast were very poor. Like the teams that I expected to do well, didn't, and that kind of irritated me. That kind of was like what's the point yeah. you know what I mean um, Egypt for me far exceeded um, expectations yeah. I think at the st- in the previous episode we did say Senegal would go far I'm pretty sure of that it wasn't great it wasn't great but I don't th- I don't think it was as bad as what a lot of people were saying like, like some of the goals in them were very good I think two main contributing factors to why the games weren't as good was probably the heat and yeah. the pitches yeah. because that, that would slow the tempo of the games yeah. down but I think some individual performances and obviously we're going to be talking about individuals here um, especially goalkeepers and then you had the lad from uh, remember he jumped in goal was it for uh, Comoros he was a left back yeah the like, so, some individual performances were unbelievable in the tournament will I, will I kick off the, the top five go for that yeah. my fifth most impressive player from the AFCON I'm going to go with Egypt's goalkeeper Gabaski who of course came into the tournament I think in the last 16 I think the starting keeper was injured. In in the games he played, they beat Ivory Coast, they beat Morocco, and they beat Cameroon. Yeah. Obviously, they lost to Senegal last night. Um, and every game, behind the game against Morocco, went to penalties. And in the in the tournament itself, he saved eight penalties. It was an unbelievable tournament from, and he's an absolute unit. Yeah, he's he's like he's like having Brock Lesnar and goal on his on his war ball, and and I really love this. He had like notes as to where the players were gonna go, yeah. and I think stuff like that is, is very good. It's very endearing to kind of the uh, preparation that goes into the, the penalty shootouts and stuff. And he really was good. My fifth most impressive player. I thought Egypt were fantastic. By the way, he's a great keeper. I'm gonna go with Bertrand Traore yeah. of Burkina Faso, who got to the semi final. Mm. And I thought I'd have loved if they won it. Yeah, yeah. I think they they've had an excellent tournament and. Traore had, I think, a goal and two assists in, in total. And Burkina Faso definitely exceeded their expectations, I'd say. Yeah, Edmund Tapsoba at the back. Very good. Edwin, yeah. Edmund. Edmund, sorry. Edmund. <laughs> Noel Edmunds. Um, at the back, yeah, very good. Yeah, is a deal or no deal? 
Det er Good tournament from Burkina Faso though. Yeah I go for him My number 4 Most impressive Afcon player Is Stephen Colger And long may the renaissance last um, Name of the episode by the way Yeah Oh yeah good show <laughs> um, I remember When we were doing the preview for this We were putting notes together We were giggling like little children In school When we seen Stephen Colger's name We were like How is he still How is he playing with Sierra Leone Because I'm nearly sure he has caps for um, For England like but he was actually very good in the tournament. Yeah. Very, very good in the tournament. Of course, he of course assisted the goal against Ivory Coast when the goalkeeper decided to hand him a goal in the last minute. Um, the, the nil all against Algeria with the likes of um, Delort, Mares, you know, playing for Algeria, good players, um, Slimani, Ben Rama. He was immense in that game. Himself and the goalkeeper were really good. I'm really happy for him because I, I think he had a bit of a, I think he had a bit of a bad time with mental health and stuff. Yeah. So it's nice to see a player come back like that. Um, and for a team like Sierra Leone, look at they didn't get too far, but I do think he was he was very good when called upon. I'm going to give my number four to Vincent Abubakar of Cameroon. I think he did carry Cameroon, um, so as did um, Ekong. I thought that the two of them were excellent, um, but I'm giving mine to Vincent because he had eight goals in the tournament. Wins the golden boot, brings it home. And a player who sort of you would forget about, but he does have a lot of quality. He played for Porto for a few years there. I don't know where he is now. I think he's somewhere in the Middle East. But yeah, he, he's. I think he's a very good player. Underrated. As he doesn't like him because he said something about Salah. That's <laughs> that's bitter of you. I mean, who played in the final? <laughs> just, just saying, just saying. <laughs> uh, you let Cameron down. <laughs> No, yeah, good show. He's a good player. Adzi, your number three. My number three comes by way of Ukraine, is um because you reminded me of um, Musa Barrow of Gambia. Yeah. And we talked about teams like Nigeria and Ivory Coast and Algeria not performing. Ga- Gambia had a great tournament. You know what I mean? They got to the quarter final. I think for them it's a great tournament. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, got to the quarter final. Um, he plays for Bologna in Italy. He's a very good attacking winger. And I think he's a player himself and Moses Simon of Nigeria, funny enough, for nonce. Two very impressive players in the tournament. He got a goal against... He got the goal that knocked out Naby Keita's guinea. Um, and yeah, just an overall impressive tournament for Musa Barrow. Gambia's manager as well. We know that um, they weren't considered favourites in this tournament. So the fact they got so far was impressive. Same with Equatorial Guinea, I think, as well. Yeah. Um, who had a good good tournament. But anyway, Adzi. Um, I'll go for my number three. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to Edward Mendy. I think he had a shock her. Yeah, well, you can't not get in the top five. Well, he, I mean, he, well, the fact that they had four clean sheets, five clean sheets in the tournament. Senegal had the best defensive record in Afcon. That uh, is, I don't, I don't believe it. No, they did, yeah. 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 Oh, you know, you actually are right because I remember saying it. Yeah, so that's one of the sole reasons. I thought Koulibaly was excellent as well. And it's partly because of bias that I'm putting Mendy in. But I think he did have a good tournament. Um, he came in the third game, he had tested positive for COVID. Uh, so I'm going to give it to Mendy. He was a big contributor to the penalty shootout. And a big reason why Senegal won the trophy in the end. Because I think Egypt, most of their games were in penalties. Yeah. And we both know that that Ivory Coast keeper and that penalty shootout <laughs> was awful. He, Sen- was out, he was out on his feet before penalty. He was bollocks. So, yeah, I think having Mendy in goal was a big advantage for Senegal in the final. My number two, it is number two, isn't it? Yeah. And a few people said this, Colin said it, and a good few people said it actually, um, is Toko Ikambe of Cameroon. He was a pivotal player in the whole tournament, plays for Lyon as well. He played six games and scored five goals. Mm. Um, and he scored two goals against Gambia in the quarterfinal. And he was, Joe, you know I, I remember saying that every time we talked about AFCON. He was one of the players that really impressed me through. Yeah. And, um, yeah, nothing else really to say other than I'm, I'm very impressed by him. And, like, he's 29 years of age, so a new, bigger move probably isn't on the cards. But with that goal scoring record there, and his general his ability as a player is very good. Um, yeah, very impressed by him. You're number two, Cran. Well, Mike comes as far as most, but I'm going for Mo Salah as oh, my oh. number two. That is still your surprise to me. I, I do think. Carrying Egypt to the final mm. is a, a big contributing factor to the A fact. lot of pressure as well. 
at the start of the tournament, I think we were talking about odds for the tournament, and we were saying that Egypt's odds were very good mm. for the squad they had. Mm. I didn't think Egypt would go far. I thought they'd maybe get to the last 16 or quarter final mm. and they get turfed out or whatever because they came up against Ivory Coast. Mm. But it uh, ends up coming down to Salah a few times. I think in the penalty shootout, yeah. Ivory Coast, and he, he did score goals from as well. as well. So it was him, I think Salah and the keeper, and even Mohamed El Neni. Yeah, I thought a, had a, a very fella, good tournament. There's a centre half who came in. I'll just check it real quick. Abdul Manam, I think is his name. Hmm. He was very good, and obviously the other lad went, so was very good as well. Um, but yeah, no, Salah absolutely. Salah, yeah, um, he had a very good tournament, and I think Egypt definitely exceeded the expectations. My number one. Your number one, sorry, hmm. your number one is Sadio Mane. Our number one is Sadio Mane. Yeah, we both, both have it. Yeah, yeah, like we're saying about Salah with the kind of pressure of leading the country it's something that Sadio Mane has talked about for years is winning a trophy with Senegal and you look at his record since he's come to Liverpool obviously winning the league the Champions League he's had a bit of a tough time recently you know what I mean the past two seasons especially with no fans he kind of struggled but um, this tournament he was like he was back in the old days it was like old Sadio Mane was playing like he was flying people from Cameroon like families like hundreds of people to the games for to watch um, to Cameroon to watch Senegal yeah. and he's just he's just a class act one of the quotes just really quick and um, why would I want 10 Ferraris 20 diamond watches and 2 planes I build skills a stadium we provide clothes shoes food for, for people in extreme poverty I prefer that my people receive a little of what life has given to me I think he's a very ad- admirable person in the tournament itself he's unbelievable three, three goals 2 assists from winning penalty as well winning penalty as well and to take that after missing one buried it buried it and I remember me and Dave were watching that and as he was stepping up to take it I said to Dave I was like there's no chance he's missing this when the penalties were being taken and I know you were looking at it as well he kept he kept kind of putting his hands on his head and was like I can't look at this which is most people for penalty shootouts in general but as soon as he stepped up to take it, it was, he was always going to score so yeah Sadio Mane for me and obviously you our boys won the AFCON as he yeah. Mendy and Mane yeah and uh, to be fair it's hardly surprising you know what I mean? You have probably Koulibaly. Yeah, so of, good, and he was he's he's a unit as well. He's yeah. such an athletic player. Um, you know, Mane one of the best wingers in the world. Mendy one of the best keepers in the world. Koulibaly, like it's hardly surprising. Yeah, but, like I mean, I, I am delighted for Senegal. In two thousand two, Cran, just real briefly about the Senegal manager, Senegalese manager, Alou Cisse. He missed a decisive penalty in the Afcon final against Cameroon to give Cameroon the trophy back then. Twenty years later. Same manager guides the Senegal team to their first AFCON tournament as national coach in Cameroon. So it's poetic. It's all full circle. In a penalty shootout. In a penalty shootout. Wow. Poetry in motion. Funny how life works, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah. That's it for this week's podcast, everyone. What a bumper edition of the podcast again. We hope you enjoyed. Mm -hmm. It's actually been, it's flown by. (laughs) true. Just talking absolutely. Nonsense, yeah. <laughs> which is most, um, yeah, good. Another good episode, of course. Um, yeah, and just be sure to check out the usuals Instagram, TikTok, Spotify, Twitter, YouTube, all at OnlyFans Football Podcast. And yeah. uh, make sure to follow the TikTok, it's actually good banter, mm-hmm. and uh, the Instagram as well. We're most active on those things, I think. Yeah, um, uh, we will we will get back active on Twitter though. But yeah, other than that, we hope you enjoyed sincerely from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you have a great week as well. Yeah. And stay safe. Adzi. Look after each other and take care. We'll leave it there so. We'll leave it there so.